The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Right now, though, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show Priscilla Lynch, clinical editor of the Medical Independent. Priscilla, when people talk about a twindemic coming this winter, what do they mean? Well, they mean, I suppose, that we're going to have a COVID-19 and the return of a severe flu season potentially this winter. So this is what the health service is currently preparing for and which health service staff are very apprehensive about at the moment. So I suppose just to put it in a nutshell, we just aren't prepared to deal with such a scenario. We're trying to model um, the various uh, situations that could happen and to prepare ourselves um, best as possible. But really, health service staff say that we just don't have the bed capacity or the staff capacity to deal with a severe overrun of COVID. Uh, or flu cases so you know at the moment they are feeling quite worried about what could potentially happen this winter and when you say uh, potentially happen I, I assume it's inevitable there will be some element of both the question is just to what degree is it yeah that's it and they don't they don't want to scaremonger but they also have to be realistic as well um flu is normally a very big issue in uh, all health services across the world uh, and in ireland it usually causes chaos in december and january in particular but in 2020 we had um kind of a record situation where we had absolutely no flu cases at all because of largely of the travel restrictions that have been imposed as part of the covid-19 pandemic um restrictions so obviously at that stage we did have you know a really tough tough winter because of covid-19 cases but we didn't have uh, flu cases at that time. Last year now there were a small number of flu cases compared to um, usual winter seasons um, and we did have quite high vaccination rates in the population the last couple of years against flu but they are looking at this year at the return of kind of so, a so-called normal flu season and they're worried that it could be a severe one. In a severe flu season you can have 200 to 500 deaths but it's more even the hospitalisation numbers uh, that cause chaos and if we have if we combine that with a severe wave of COVID-19 um, they really are I suppose, quite worried about what could happen. They were very worried last winter about that that could happen but thankfully the flu cases didn't materialise. They do see that it's more mm. likely this winter that we will have both. Yeah, we, we did still have restrictions and mask wearing in, in certain settings and everything last winter so that would have restricted the spread of flu to a degree. Can we look into the crystal ball and look at the southern hemisphere to, to gauge what type of flu season might be coming? Yeah, so, so there were more flu cases on that side of the world, obviously, compared to the last couple of years. Uh, and they are looking at the strains as well that happened there. And we do have the vaccines, of course, will be prepared and will start to be administered shortly. So the HSE will be launching a major campaign uh, for flu vaccination, particularly for those who are older, for those who are immunocompromised uh, and for healthcare workers themselves to try and, you know, head this off. It is hoped that because we currently have um, a milder variant of COVID-19 and that we have high population vaccination rates, that seem to be holding well in, um, against death and hospitalisations, that hopefully that we won't have such a severe COVID-19 uh, impact if we do have the return of a severe flu season. But again, it is very hard to kind of to predict that particular mm. scenario because there could be other uh, variants that do emerge. But as we said, the, at the moment, we are looking at what's going to happen now in the health service and the HSE is putting together its draft winter plan, the emergency department task force meeting as well. But those who are actually working in the health service just say, look, simply enough hasn't been done. We don't have enough ICU beds. We still have less than 300, uh, despite many promises, though it has increased significantly. I suppose really since the start of the pandemic, we were very 
underprepared at that stage. And we still have an inadequate number of hospital beds per head of population. We now have a population of 5.1 million. But um, it has been pointed out that we're quite short uh, of how many beds that we need, that we have one of the lowest numbers in the EU, that we have 2.9 beds um, compared to 4.7 beds uh, per thousand of the population. And while there has been an increase in recent years in extra beds, we still have less than 11,500. So again, you know, we do need to have, um, I suppose, an investment in our bed numbers and in our staff numbers. And we do have the same problem that other countries are having as well, uh, the, you know, kind of trying to retain and recruit um, skilled healthcare staff from yeah. nurses and to consultants. Uh, can you stay with us, Priscilla? I want to introduce uh, Professor Anthony Staines, Professor of Health Systems at the School of Nursing and Human Sciences at, at DCU. Anthony, uh, how much pressure do you suspect the health system is going to be under this winter? I think it could be tough. We, we've had the worst summer, really, that anyone can ever remember. Now, the good news is the Australian flu season, although it was significant, wasn't as bad as, as their worst flu seasons have been. So please, God, we'll, we'll be in the same situation with a kind of more normal flu season. But if we you come in with the flu season and current levels of COVID, and levels of COVID are going down, which, again, is fantastic, but may not continue. And if we if we can manage, if we get both of those, if we, we get lucky in both of those, we might squeak through this winter. Mm-hmm. But as Fergal Hickey was saying this morning, it's going to be very, very tough. What? And, you know, what we can do about it, we can get vaccinated. I mean, it's, it's, it's as simple as that. That's something useful we can all do. I, I was going to ask, what does it look like if we don't get lucky? If flu is that bit worse than, it, than, than predict it and those COVID numbers spike again? Well, we had something like 40,000 people spending more than 24 hours just waiting after treatment in emergency departments, which is an astronomical number of people. We could easily beat that, very easily. And there's a price to be paid for that in terms of deaths, essentially. So we, we, we can't afford to go there. Our, our elective health care will more or less stop. And again, there's a huge price to pay for that in terms of pain and suffering for people and avoidable deaths. The British reckon that of their excess deaths over the summer just gone, maybe around half were due directly or indirectly to COVID infection. And the other half were due to essentially what we have in our health services, which is queues everywhere. Mm. And you know, we don't want to go down that road. We, we, really, we, we really, really don't. We could be in a very, very bad place by February. And we've, got, we've all got to do everything we can to avoid that. I mean, none of us can create new consultants or nurses or beds or social care spaces or anything. But we can all go out and get vaccinated. We can all go out and, you know, keep keep the windows open, do something about ventilation, mm. wear masks in crowded indoor spaces. We can all do that. That's cheap. Priscilla, I, I, everything we're talking about here, I'm sure the Minister for Health is aware of. To what degree will it be catered for and the, the winter plan, this plan we get every year to deal with a, a, a surge in presentations at our hospitals? Well, I suppose one thing, they do add extra beds during the winter period. So this is something that really incenses a lot of those who work in the health service, including Fergal Higley from the Irish Emergency and uh, Medicine Association. They say it's an all-year-round problem. And that's, you know, the average number of people on trolleys has been about 216 uh, per day in the last six months. And that's really unheard of during the kind of the summer months. 
So again, what can happen is they try and open as many beds as they possibly can uh, across the health service and reopen ones that have been closed. Uh, they have added in some extra capacity, they have added in some extra ICU beds, including in Tala as well. But again, we're just nowhere near the number of ICU beds we need, you know, even in a standard kind of uh, situation. Uh, I suppose, again, uh, as Professor Staines has mentioned there, they will be promoting, again, vaccination, uh, booster shots of COVID-19 and also the um, seasonal flu vaccination as well. But again, it's just trying to get the staff numbers in really to man those beds. They're looking at hospital avoidance measures as well. They have introduced different pathways in the last few years to try and keep people out of hospital as much as they can. Um, a lot of people who do present to hospitals in winters, they have um, in winter time, they have exacerbations of current conditions such as COPD mm. and asthma. Um, so they are looking to try and get those community initiatives that they have put in place working, I suppose, uh, as, as well as they can. But it is going to be a very tough winter. There is no kind of doubt about that. And they will be looking at as well, you see, what they can do to, to stop people needing to have to go to emergency departments in the first place. And it's not just people who get flu and COVID-19 that are impacted. It's everybody really who uses the health service. Yeah. Because when we reach full capacity protocol, they do have to start cancelling elective surgeries. And they do have to, in the worst case scenarios, maybe having to stop even some outpatient appointments. So, and we're already doing an awful lot of catch-up at the moment. So, again, they're putting together their plans and we'll have to see what's kind of announced in the budget, yeah. uh, how much extra funding I mean, will be there. Uh, uh, no politician is going to promise that uh, uh, that uh, elective surgeries will not be cancelled. They're cancelled every year, aren't they? They're it's kind of a, anyway, there's, there's a whole balloon the making to when, yeah. when it happens, but it happens all the time. That's the That's system. That's the case, yeah. Um, but again, it's just because we had record-breaking waiting lists even before we went into the pandemic. And they've been trying in the last year or so to try and, you know, to get through those waiting lists. Uh, they've been utilising independent uh, capacity, obviously, in the private hospital sector as well. So obviously, again, if they do need the capacity, they would talk to the private hospital sector again, like they did during COVID-19, to try and keep um, the show on the road. But again, that's very, very expensive. We saw a huge spike, I suppose, in the amount of funding put into the health service budget in the last couple of years. But again, it's short-term capacity, really, when they're funding you know, services that are temporary. So again, long-term investment with kind of full-time open beds and staff. We've had lots of announcements, I suppose, in recent years, but people are tired of announcements. They actually want to see the fruition of those announcements, like you know, day-case surgery hospitals, mm. which are supposed to be introduced in Cork uh, and Galway. Limerick is mm. obviously a black spot, and Galway as well. They've been under severe pressure for many years now, and you're like, really, is there no solution in sight for these particular regions and for these hospitals? Uh, Anthony, it strikes me as just a, a a failure of leadership that the same problems keep occurring year after year without a solution. Yeah, it's a it's a very serious failure, and we know roughly what to do. I mean, Sloane Care is a path forward out of the mess we're currently in, but we're not we're not moving on it. We're not doing anything useful on it. So we you know, we have the plan, but we, we the plan just sits on the floor and looks pretty. We actually have to get out there and make it happen. We put a lot of money into our health services. It's very hard to argue you get good value out of the money we put in, despite almost everyone in the health service working flat out most of the time. Despite huge dedication, it's very, very difficult to argue that we're getting value for what we put in. Are, are you worried as well, uh, Anthony, that this winter there might be a third element at play? We talk a lot about the cost of living crisis and I just... You know, here you both talk about, you know, patients with COPD and long-term chronic conditions and asthma. And I'm just conscious that some people, lower socioeconomic background, and they're in a house and they're not turning on the heating. The walls are getting damp. They're getting cold. They're getting sicker. Oh, yeah. We'll get that. And we're, we're seeing that now. And it'll just get worse. And it, it, all of these things build on each other. There's a kind of snowball effect. 
and it just makes everything worse. And that's how we need to act. You know, we, we've been talking about digitizing healthcare for uh, more than 20 years. We've made almost no progress, with maybe two exceptions across the health system and that. We have a very underfunded primary care system, very underfunded community care system. I mean, the problems in emergency departments are not in emergency departments. They're further further downstream from the department. They're further upstream from the department. But the departments themselves have very little control over what's going on because they don't control who comes in and they really don't control who goes out either. Professor Anthony Staines, Professor of Health Systems at the School of Nursing and Human Sciences at Dublin City University and Priscilla Lynch, Clinical Editor of the Medical Independent. Thank you both very much uh, for joining me here on the Hard Shoulder after the break. Everyone's favourite group of people, the landlords, they're looking for tax cuts. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.